1: Hello and welcome to Pod on the Tyne, your go-to Newcastle United podcast brought to you by The Athletic. My name's Taylor Payne and coming up this week we're joined by a very special guest, former Newcastle United fullback Jose Enrique is on the show. We'll be talking about his time at Newcastle, what he's up to now and discussing how things are going at the club. Currently, also, we'll be looking back at that incredible moment v. Nottingham Forest in the Championship and talking a little bit about that absolutely mad game at the weekend against Southampton. But before all of that, let's introduce you to these two lovely young men, Mr. Chris Woff and Mr. George Cork. And, Chris, how are we doing? Are we all right?
2: I'm a little bit confused when you say two young men. I mean, obviously, I'm a very young strapping lad, but the other man you're referring to is, is I believe, he's on the he's on the list for uh, able to get his vaccine in one of the priority categories. Character- is so. that right?
3: Wow. He's just is that right, George. Wow.
4: Wow, indeed. Chris describing himself as strapping. That's interesting. <laughs> I mean, this is very ageist. I'm not sure this is. Um, if I understood what any of you meant, I would um, I would probably be quite upset, but. Are you managing okay, George? Do you need us to go for some groceries for you? Or anything? Are you okay? Thankfully, I've forgotten. <laughs> I've forgotten this in thirty seconds time, so it's absolutely oh, fine. I'm like nice a goldfish.
1: Uh, so lads, how's how's things going in the world? How are you doing, Chris? Has, have you been have you been doing much this week? Have you been writing about anything in particular?
2: Well, by the time this comes out, I will have written about uh, Miguel Almiron, a particular focus on him and why he is sort of thriving in the position which many felt he should have played him for a long, long while, but also basically just in this new look, more offensive Newcastle and how he's the player who even Steve Bruce says has benefited most from it. So really analysing that, looking at, at how really he's getting more touches high up the pitch, more passes high up the pitch and how he's really orchestrating things for Newcastle United.
4: And
1: George, how about you? What, are you, what have you been up to
4: this week? Well, I have been writing about Newcastle United winning a game of football and actually (laughs) not being total dog shit. (laughs) That's a weird feeling, that's not normal. It's astonishing. It's astonishing. I actually, I mean, I got to watch a game of football and got swept away in a game of football. Amazing. I can't think the last time that's happened. Honestly, I can't. I mean, they did pretty well against Everton, you know, it was a good performance, but the drama of the game against Southampton, and then you know, kind of coming through it. I can safely say it's it's the first time I've been to a game live in lockdown and not wanting to. It was an
1: unbelievable uh, afternoon, wasn't it? I mean, obviously the, the three points are the most important thing, but a nine man rear guard uh, display with you know t- losing the players that we lost and Fabian share with a horrible injury and stuff like that. Jeff Hendrick getting stupidly sent off. Um, what a ridiculous performance and what a ridiculous game,
2: Chris. It was, yeah. And I mean, as, as as George said, he was actually in the stadium for this one. Um, so I was I was watching it from home and just watched it on TV. It was just, a, I mean, first half, that I thought Newcastle were excellent. I, I will caveat that with Southampton were terrible, but I don't want to take anything away from Newcastle's performance because I don't think that that's fair to. I thought that Newcastle attacked with real fervour and vigour you could see they were getting bodies forward. There was purpose to what they were trying to do. Alan saint Maximan being back made such a difference on the left-hand side. Southampton looked petrified of him. Almiron, as I mentioned before, sort of pulling the strings. And then the the, the new the new signing, Joe Willick, 16 minutes in, first Newcastle player, quickest Newcastle player that was scored on their debut in the Premier League in terms of 16 minutes in. Just bringing exactly what Newcastle have missed and that ability to get into the box, to follow those moves and and actually, in the analysis piece I'm doing with, with uh, about Almiron, looking at that goal is it's not just that Willock's in the box. Actually, Sam Maximan's there, but Almiron's got it in the box and so has Wilson. There's a lot of bodies getting forward. This is different to what we've seen from Newcastle. And that first 45 minutes was just so refreshing in that sense.
1: Wonderful moment for Joe Willock. George, fantastic scoring on your home debut, 15 minutes in, and he could have had another one as well, couldn't
4: he? Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a player in a position that Steve Bruce been looking to fill really since he came to the club, but certainly, you know, certainly wanted to last summer and wasn't able to. And although it's very early days, he just brought that drive and dynamism to midfield, didn't he? And, you know, getting forward, getting into wide positions as well, just bringing that sort of sense of energy to that part of the the pitch, which they've just not had. But, I mean, I I know I joked at the start about it sort of being not dog shit, but I, I also think in some ways that is... That's such an important thing. I mean, I know that we all know that there are huge problems at the club, structural problems, you know, problems with the ownership and plenty of people have problems with the manager. We know that. But to to actually be able to watch your team and get a sense of enjoyment out of it or feel something, that's the way I framed it, to feel something other than just emptiness inside. I do think that's important it's not important in terms of answering any of those long term questions but at least it means you can go and watch it and not just want to turn over and you feel part of something again and that is about that is about having a go it's about being further up the pitch it's about trying and you know we know i think the worrying thing from the long stretch of results without a win was that it felt like Newcastle had sort of forgotten how to hold on, or they'd lost that, you know, the teammanship that they've had, that sense of being a team. And really what they haven't had, they haven't had anything to hold on to. And finally, you know, against Southampton, we saw them take the lead by playing adventurous football. Yeah, getting a bit of luck, but taking advantage of it. And then when the chips were down, they had something to hold on to. And they did it, and they did it brilliantly. And that was, you know, that was really heartening. You're right, the three points for the most important thing. And again, it gives them breathing space at the bottom of the table. But my goodness, just to just to enjoy it, just to enjoy it a bit.
1: Yeah, the spirit and the character that the team showed, Chris, at the, in that last what, 20 minutes when they went down to nine men. It was incredible. Uh, incredible display, incredible fight,
2: wasn't it? It was absolutely incredible. And for nine men to hold on like that w- was excellent. I would caveat that slightly by saying, actually, for the last 20 minutes, I didn't really ever feel Southampton were going to score, and I know that's easy for me to say now, but... (laughs) I did. (laughs) did.
4: Oh, I did. Yeah, Every pore of my being. I
2: thought Southampton Southampton were directionless, and that's partly because of the way Newcastle set up, and despite only having nine men, those two banks of four that they they put out there really did actually defend very, very well, and um, obviously they they had a makeshift centre-back pair, and Paul Dummett coming on and was excellent. I mean, just heading and everything. Uh, Isaac,
4: Hayden. Isaac Hayden was incredible. He was astonishing. One Isaac Hayden. There's only one he was wonderful. Isaac Hayden. There was about 10 Isaac I, I, I,
2: I'm, I'm in the minority here, but I didn't think Isaac Hayden was quite as brilliant as other people did. I think he was good. and I know you've been out of position, but I'm, I'm just going to oh, caveat by up, saying Chris, I think he was partly up. at fault for both goals. But anyway, he's still playing out of position, playing at centre-back, did very well. And the whole team the whole team did very well. Obviously, Emil Kraft came on and we haven't seen enough of him really, and he did well in those sort of circumstances. I think the game suited him just being able to head things clear and, and, and be defensively sound. But even the likes of Joe Willock, who's just come in. Second half of his of his first game as a Newcastle player, after exciting during the first half, he had to show the exact opposite side of his game yeah. and really work hard in midfield. Mm. I thought everyone did. And then Almron as well, winning what could argue being a red card as well for for um, Bednarek, I think was who fouled him later on when he managed to get through as well, it was Almiron who was still leading the charge going forward. And so yeah. I thought he, he was excellent and really just, just that togetherness that showed an, an ability to to see out what was a vital three points. I think it would have, it, even if they'd drawn, it would have felt like a defeat just because of how what's coming up next. And now, actually, I think Nick Hassel are just about there. The bottom three can't win games at the minute themselves. And to get that three points, I think psychologically, was absolutely huge.
1: George, Chris, just mentioned, mentioned Miguel Almaron again there in the goals. Uh, and was he being deployed as a double
4: pivot number 10 this week, George? I, I wasn't sure. Joe, I'm going to defer to you. Well, there was a couple of occasions when he did do a triple pivot and there was a double axel. Um, and the judges, of which I was one, did raise the number six to appreciate our our concern. Yeah, I mean, no, was, he's... he's um, I mean to think that like Chris is actually questioning my <laughs> judgment rise eyes that Couldn't Hayden, let that go, could you double pivot last week. Why do we entertain this fool? double bullshit? That's what I call it. But Al- I mean, Almiron, he's been he's been it's been such a heartening thing in the last yeah. kind of few games to see him back at his best and look like a footballer again. Look look like he knows where he's supposed to be and what he's supposed to be doing. And of course, you know, we said this last week. He's in his rightful position. He's playing where he should play. And so of course he looks like a good footballer. And he's up the pitch. So he's doing what he's supposed to do. Um and you know, he, he just he just plays with such a sense of joy as well. Um that when he's on form like this, it's it's um it's great to watch. And everybody everybody played their part. I mean, you know, the one thing I felt you were Chris saying that he didn't think he was never sort of scared. I was, I was terrified. And I think, at, I think at the moment, you know, you, you know, that Wilson's gone off, you see defenders dropping like flies. And so you think, Oh my God, with the games they've coming, got coming next, if they don't win today, if they hadn't won that game, I think it would have been, or it could have been really, really damaging. And then suddenly, you know, potentially without, you know, Wilson, but they actually showed, for once, they showed they could score goals without him. And that, again, that's that's incredibly encouraging because, you know, we know how reliant they've been on him and how important he's been. I, I just thought it was all set up for mm. Southampton that, to win 4-3. I really did. But um, by the end of the game, I was standing up. We, we're right at the back. The press are now right, right at the back of the stand. And we're sort of in front of the executive boxes. So we don't have desks or anything like that. And I was just, you know, I was watching. I didn't have to write to a deadline right there and then. So by the end, I was just taking it in, standing. I was on my feet, sort of taking it in, chewing my nails. Oh, it would have been unreal if there'd been a crowd there as well. Oh my God. I know we always say that. Oh. Slowly
1: but surely edging towards some kind of safety, Chris. But there is injury worries now as well, obviously. Having man went off with what has been described as a very serious injury. Fabian Scheer looks like he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Callum Wilson pulled up with a hamstring problem. Um, Newcastle are going to have to be careful over the next couple of weeks, aren't they? They've got got some big games coming up.
2: They have got some big games coming up and that's why winning was so vital because it gives them that gap to the bottom three and the pressure is now back on the bottom three to actually start winning games. And for for so long, Fulham have been playing well but can't win at the moment. But in terms of those injuries bizarre situation at right back where they've gone from having so many to now really Emil Kraft's the only one obviously DeAndre Eddins just left Um, Jacob Murphy if he is going to play there it's really more of a right wing back than a right back so if they're going to play with a four Kraft is sort of the only out and out option unless you put Isaac Hayden there but again you're taking him out of midfield and Isaac Hayden may have to play a centre back given the injuries they've got there Although Kieran Clark should be back next week because he was, it wasn't an injury for him. It was his his partner had gone into Labour. Federico Fernandez and Jamal LaSalle hopefully will be back soon as well. But then you're just looking across up at the front in that position. And if it's not Callum Wilson, who is it going to be? And it was interesting that the one he turned to was Joe Linton, who we'd barely seen for weeks. And I think that part of the reason why that was is because it was a slightly withdrawn role on the right. It wasn't an out-and-out striker position. And Joe Linton in theory was more... But actually, I thought second half Joe Linton worked... I thought he did well in terms of in the context of what he had to do. I thought he worked hard and he won a few free kicks and he did a few bits and bobs. But... Is Joe Linton who you're going to want to start as a lo- if it's going to be a lone striker or whatever, away at Chelsea, away at Man United? I doubt it, but he seemed reluctant to play Dwight Gale. Dwight Gale, we've barely seen any of. He didn't even get on at the weekend. And so if you play Andy Carroll, it's a very different game again. So he's got some big decisions to make there as to how can you keep the same balance? Does he even maybe go and not play a striker? Does Almiron become like a, a false nine? Does he, does he play Fraser instead of, of Wilson? How he, How he combats that i'm really not sure and i'll be interested to see what he actually does at chelsea
4: and also he has sort of said there will be times when they'll have to go back to five at the back or they'll choose to go five at the back now whether he can in these circumstances um you know is interesting whether he wants to of course is another matter i mean do you do you stick with what you've got when it's been so so positive or you know does he look at it as a game? where it's time to sort of shut up shop and just try and eke out a point. I mean, I'd argue that's not been, that's not been very successful recently, but that's, that's part of the question he has to ask himself.
1: Well, let's wait and see what happens here. We're going to, uh, we're going to tie things up there and we're going to move on. George is going to disappear. He's got to go and fix the drainage in the lower field. Uh, And myself and Chris are going to be back very soon uh, with a very special guest. And if you want to read any of the lads' uh, articles, you can right now on theathletic.com for a very special price. Uh, Enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as all the ad-free podcasts uh, for less than £1 a week. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash Newcastlepod to sign up and enjoy The Athletic throughout 2021. That's theathletic.com forward slash Newcastlepod. okay ladies and gents this week is a very special episode of pod on the Tine, and we've got ourselves a very special guest joining us all the way from spain it's mr jose Enrique. how are we doing jose very good and you i'm not too bad at all it's a bit chilly but we're getting there you're in are you in valencia is that right yeah in valencia yeah 15 degrees today so can't complain can't complain fantastic and of course we've got chris Woff here as well uh chris how are you doing you okay
2: I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, I'm just thinking about going out in minus six, as it feels outside, and thinking that Jose is just going to be walking out in 15 degrees later, and being a bit (laughs) envious, I have to be honest.
1: Fantastic. So, Jose, we're going to have a big chat with you today. We're going to talk about what you're currently up to at the minute. We're going to talk about the Newcastle current situation a little bit as well. We'll talk about your time at Newcastle uh, and and some of the the, the key moments, uh, and we'll have a little look at an archive clip later on, which is probably your most famous moment in black and white. So let's start with the present. Um, how are you doing at the minute? What are you up to? Where are you? And what's going on in, in the world of Jose Enrique?
3: Well, at the moment, at home, with all this COVID situation, like everyone. <laughs> but but yeah, obviously, with a lot of things in my mind, I, obviously, since I retired, i obviously been a football legend with my brother. And it's going really well, to be honest with you. This transfer window was a bit bad, I believe, for every single Agent and player, because obviously it's not been many transfers. It's been more loan players and things like that, because obviously uh, teams are a bit slow on that, you know, with the, you know, with the economy because of the COVID. But then I had a project in mind for a while now. Um, that is actually about fitness. Uh, I, I open a company with with a fitness coach called Steve Butler, and and it's about it's something that I really really wanted to do always because I've always been if you want to call it a, a fitness freak a bit, because <laughs> I, I love to be, I always, even when I used to play, I used to, obviously, as a player, you are fit anyway, but I always take it a little bit a step forward. You know, I always mm-hmm. like it to be really, really, really strong. It, it was something that apart from, I believe it benefit in my game, at the same time, it was something that I really love to, you know, yeah. look well and feel happy with the way I look, you know, so obviously, uh, as well, after I retire. And and obviously I have the brain tumor and everything like that. I suffer a lot with mental health issues as well. Yeah. So obviously I have everything you could imagine. Uh, you know, with panic attacks, anxiety. Uh, I have a lot of fights. You know, in mm. some low moments, even don't want even to exist anymore because it's what it is. Mental health when it affects you really strong. And all the students, obviously, I'm happier than ever now, don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm stronger than ever now. I got through all all of this shit, really, if you want to call it that way. Um, But now I I believe I want to help other people with it, uh, not just physically, uh, mentally wise with it as well. And that's why it's Amplify Coaching Online, uh, just coming to the scene now. We opened actually last Monday, so a week ago, well, eight days ago. we open this. It's growing little by little. Maybe I cannot tell you, but maybe some big people are maybe involved in on it. We'll see. Oh, okay. Uh, we're talking about clubs here. We'll see if it happens. Fantastic. Um, it will be good uh, because we can reach more people, and that's the, that's what I wanted to do. You know, that is something that I'm really really happy to do. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, uh, being a football agent is my main job, and I love it. You know, but. Yeah. This is something personal as well. It's something that I wanted to do to to try to reach as many people as possible for the lowest price possible, and that's what we're doing. We're doing 20 sessions uh, a month, live, all of them, uh, for yeah. 20 euros a month. So actually, it's one euro per class. So, uh, and so it's incredible. And you have me on the live. You can we do Q and A after the session. Right. and the fitness coach as well That for any private fitness coach live session right now where well, you can pay 30 40 pounds per yeah, session yeah. you know so and we are doing it actually for one euro per session that obviously doesn't matter if you come to the 20 or you come to 15 always hmm. is going to be 20 euros but it's meal plans included where then we have a telegram group included as well that Sounds everyone fantastic. we feel like a community in there and then we have pre-recorded all the sessions as well in the on the website as well. So if someone want to the pre-record the session after it as well. So like I said, I wanted to be something that you know we're doing with Steve, you know, that make people more happy, more in these mm-hmm. circumstances, but something that I believe is gonna stay because I believe the the online sessions they're gonna stay after all of this. Mm. I really believe they're gonna stay because people, you know, how is to get the car and, get in, and go into the gym, and do some people, it's just after work you don't fancy to leave home, and you say, and, unless in England, when it's so cold, you say, I'd rather <laughs> stay here, yeah, you know, definitely. so so you say, well, I, I can put the Zoom session and, and just do it, and in 20 minutes, half an hour maximum, yeah. you are done, and and actually with that, and eating well is more than enough to to feel great with yourself, you know, so yeah. that's the target, you know, put a a good price out there that is reachable for every single person Fantastic. and everyone can join something that I believe no one is doing as well. I didn't mention that At the same time what we're doing is Steve, Steve Butler that is the fitness coach. Every exercise that we do, we do four or five exercises. That's what it is. Hit sessions. We do it a few times
1: mm-hmm.
3: and he does a very, very hard session. And then I do a, a more normal, uh, no session, sorry, exercise. And then I do another more, normal exercise you know for people that are less fit or less used to fitness like me yeah like maybe your case. <laughs> i didn't want to i didn't want to yeah. say sign me up i'm I signing up mention, as soon as yes. we finish i'm signing up sorry i didn't want to say but you just mentioned okay yeah oh.
1: <laughs>
3: hey it's lockdown
1: oh. you don't get out as much it's like that's
3: all you do you, yeah it's true you did more than ever now that's the reality so, well, see, i'm
2: just looking at the website and i see that there's a there's a model on there who who's really buff and has all the muscles i was that's, i thought it was taylor i thought you'd got taylor
3: involved that's what i mean yeah, yeah. it's taylor it's taylor but don't say it. it's a secret it's taylor, it's, taylor yeah. it's fantastic it's like i say it's because people hear like hit sessions maybe like yourself taylor and you say Oh my God! It's gonna to be too hard. No chance. I don't know. Do yeah. No, uh, you know, no. It's not like that. That's why is is we doing something that every no one is actually doing it because yeah, it's a lot of hit sessions out there. Don't get me wrong. And live sessions, loads. But actually, with two people, obviously, one is an ex-player, one is a very, very good fitness coach. You remember about? Uh, I'm not sure if it's called your week. I'm not. So, I'm not sure if you say right then. You know that? Yeah, your week. Two weeks, yeah. Yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of him, you know, in the times of personality that he has and how he motivates people. Yeah. And like I say, it's a lot of people that we have older people and we have people that is less fit and everyone is happy because he does the easy version. I don't, uh, sorry, the hard version. I do the easiest version. So everyone feel happy. Everyone feel that they achieve something after the session because they could completely, because sometimes that's the problem with a uh, uh, heat session fitness coach that maybe he's done the session, maybe it's a hard session, and you can't finish it because it's too hard for you. And uh, yeah. and some people feel like, oh my God, I couldn't do it. And you feel like you fell.
1: Yeah, it's all about that achievement, exactly. isn't it? It's about that sense exactly. of achievement. It's all yeah. about
3: achievement that, oh my God, I'm with Jose that is quite fit. I'm with this guy that is Steve is so fit, he's a lot fitter than me, you know, and, and you say, Oh, I could finish the session, I feel great. You know, that's the yeah, target that's that mental mental wise as well is key on this, on this project, that you feel great after it and that's
1: our target fantastic it sounds like a wonderful idea and obviously taking advantage of all the technology and stuff that's available now and and reaching uh people who are who were at home and i think everybody's staying at home at the minute aren't they and, and doing this sort of thing so something like that sounds fantastic and obviously uh the, what was the website again jose
3: amplified coaching uh, coaching yeah.
1: amplified coaching online.com check it out sounds fantastic So, let, let's talk a little bit about Newcastle currently. Um, have, you, have you been watching any of the games? Have you been keeping up with the team and how they're doing at the minute? And-
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> 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 well, like all of you, I, I'm not, obviously, I'm not very happy for a while, I believe. You know, obviously, yeah. since I left the club, it's been a lot of up and downs with the, with the mm-hmm. team. That's the reality. Obviously, they got relegated again. They promote again with Rafa. And he's always been up and down, Sander McCasley, you know, that like I always say, I have nothing against him. The opposite for me always treated me well when I was at the club. But the reality, obviously, I really believe Newcastle is not where they deserve to be. Obviously, Newcastle is not at least is telling you someone that joins the club. And, and I could see from inside out, you know, how, how good club it is, you know, the stadium, the fans, you know, inside the club, the people that work for it is um, beautiful, you know, the club, the city, even if it's really cold in there, it doesn't matter. It's beautiful and the people <laughs> make you feel warm, you know, in there. So, it's very, very nice place to, to play. It's a, it's a place that I would recommend to any player that Newcastle wants to go and play because it's a fantastic place to be. And it's very sad to see that you are fighting all the time for a relegation battle. That's the reality. And it's sad to see, to see that, yeah, last game they won against Southampton. They played a good game. Uh, you know, but... but yeah. crazy but game. Crazy game. <laughs> it, it, but Nice <laughs> to see, obviously, because it's goals, but uh, uh, frustrating at the times as well, yeah. But at the same time as well, like I said, it's not where they deserve to be. They deserve to be... I know at top 16 at the moment, is difficult in the Premier League because obviously Everton, they got owners that they can spend a lot of money. Manchester City has doing for a while. There. Chelsea, Tottenham, I know it's difficult, but at least in the top eight, top 10, Newcastle should be a top-10 team in the, in the Premier League,
2: yes or yes. Jose, in terms of the, the current sort of left-backs at Newcastle, obviously Paul Dummett was, was a young lad when when you were there and has sort of come through in the meantime, and Jamal Lewis was was wanted by your other former club, Liverpool, during the summer and is coming. Can you just tell us a little bit, as, as a left-back, looking at those two players, how you think they are as players and what you like or think they can improve on the two of them?
3: Well, well Paul Dummett is a bit older, but obviously... Um, the other one is is a lot younger player. I still believe it's still a long way. I know he sounds for Liverpool as well. I know that. I'm not sure if Liverpool was inter- really interested on him in terms because you know how it is the newspapers and, and they put everything out there and you don't really know if it's true. It's a good project. It's a it's a player that you can see has a potential to do really well there. I still believe it's still to get used to and it's be- for Newcastle. It's very difficult to play at the moment because it's a very defensive team. And, and if you are not a very good defensive, maybe defender is not that good. And I believe he has a lot of talent to go forward as well. And obviously, at the moment, is not maybe the best way Newcastle is playing for his style, maybe, if you want to call it. But he has potential. Definitely he has potential. He's still young. He still has a lot to prove. But he has potential. Yeah, definitely. And Paul, obviously, has been there for a long time. So...
1: I think Paul's Paul's definitely the more defensive of the two players, isn't he? And he's yeah. he's very steady and he knows exactly where he's meant to be at all times and stuff like that. And he's a great tackler of the ball as well. He gets stuck in, doesn't he, Paul? He's, he's a good old-fashioned yeah. English left-back.
3: Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's more maybe the style of Newcastle is playing right now. Maybe it's the one who's suitable more for the plays, that's the reality at the end. It's more defensive. It's more, like you say, more English or uh, left-back, you know, tackly and, and try to be always in, in top of the winger, you know, and everything. I like this. I like left-backs with that intensity and defenders with that intensity, you know. I like, obviously, like, you know, like I used to be myself, going forward and enjoy because that's when you enjoy the most. You don't enjoy as much as defending, but I used to enjoy defending. Don't be wrong, but obviously going forward is what I enjoy the most. But actually, the way Newcastle a playing, I believe Paul maybe is more... The way Newcastle is playing right now, but Jawal have a very, very big potential to to obviously the team keep improving and obviously they go obviously better in terms of possession and playing. I believe he has a good potential to do well as well.
2: And one of the few players who's uh, there now, who was there when you were there, although obviously you weren't particularly happy with left was, was was Andy Carroll. I mean, can you just tell us about what Andy was like during? The time that that you played with him, because at that stage he was one of the best strikers in England, wasn't he?
3: Yeah, I believe that's what people sometimes don't understand. Andy is, is a very good friend of mine, very nice guy. The only problem of Andy, uh, like it happens to a lot of footballers, he, he I remember when he left to Liverpool, he was he played six months in the Premier League. If I'm not wrong, it was his experience, no more than that. They paid a lot of money for him. He moved. He moved from from. This type of Newcastle that we used to play for him actually crosses for him and play for him. You go to a massive club that you have a lot of players in front of you and they're not going to play for you. You have to play for the team actually. So it's different style of play completely. And I believe as well, like we all know, he obviously with that, uh, he was really young. Obviously then choose the, maybe the best life for him in that moment. He got in a lot of trouble. And I believe that affects all his career with injuries as well. Uh, and that was the unlucky because for me, Andy Carroll in his best moment, he was unplayable in the air. In the air, I never seen anyone like him. I never in, in it doesn't matter. I play with big players, you know, Skirtel, you know, players like they are massive, they are very good in the air. But Andy was a player that when you when you look at him in the area and you say, okay, if I put the cross where he is, I know he's gonna get it. Yes or yes. You know, so was this type of player that, and locally for, for the injuries that he has and maybe the lifestyle he chose at the early of his career, maybe he never reached that actually the potential that he has, you know. But like I say, he has a good life probably as well. He enjoyed, you know, the, the other type of life. <laughs> I'm sure he regrets some of the things that he's done, like we all do, you know, in our life. But he's a great guy. He's a great player. But it's true that Newcastle, maybe you expecting to see the Andy Carroll that left, to Liverpool, you know, and that's not the Andy Carroll anymore. That's the reality. It, it cannot be. It's like, even me, if I want, when I remember when I finished my contract with Liverpool, Newcastle was a team that actually wanted me to come back. And I, actually, I didn't come back because of that, uh, because I had the opportunity to come back to Newcastle in January, uh, the year I finished my, they actually make an offer on the table to, for me right. to come back. And I didn't wanted to come back because I wasn't good enough. Already, you know, my knee didn't let me to play against to the highest level. And I wanted people to remember in Newcastle, the player that they used to remember. Don't come back and see another Jose Enrique, you know, that they didn't see before, you know. So that's why I say Andy is different. Andy is from there, obviously. So he has co- uh, the chance to come back home. So obviously he's going to take it. It's completely different case. And I believe he can still give something to the team that they don't have, you know, if you play for him. But it's true that he's not the Andy Carroll when He was 20 years old. Of course, it's not. It's normal.
1: So just going back to when you first joined Newcastle, Jose, what, what was your kind of motivation behind coming to the northeast and joining Newcastle? Was there any one reason why you joined the team and, and how did it feel when you arrived?
3: To be honest, they made me feel... It was difficult, don't get me wrong. They made me feel so welcome from the start. But it was very, very difficult my first year, more than anything, because of the language. Barber, definitely, it was. In that time, you have to remember that it wasn't many Spanish speakers in in the Premier League. Uh, That's the reality. They start bringing more Spanish players after, obviously, we won the Euro Cup and the World Cup and everything. So it really was Fabregas. I'm not sure if it was Silva as well, or not even Silva yet, or maybe Silva, yes. I'm not sure, but... Wasn't many players. No, Silva wasn't yet, I think. So, it wasn't many Spanish players, really. La Liga, maybe Arteta. It was, I believe, as well. But not many, you know. So, he- I arrived there. was Luque in the team. So, that actually helped me a lot in the first two weeks there. But, obviously, Luque left. And, I- and I'm a player that, well, I used to be a player that I love the dressing room and the banter and all of that. And they used to have it with me anyway. Listen, they were great with me. Viduca, Joé Barton that has so many players that have so much love, even without even understanding each other too much at the start. <laughs> we make it to understand each other, you know, so, and they made the effort to, for me to get involved with them. But even that, personal-wise, obviously, I'm th- I thank them so much for that. But it's not enough at the end because I cannot, when you don't feel well or when you don't feel in the, your best moment as a football player, you need to release it, and I couldn't talk to anyone because of my, my my mistake and my problem that I couldn't speak the language. Obviously, in Spain, now in the schools, in many schools, they teach English from the start, from when you're really young. When I was young here, English, they didn't teach it more or less at all. And I just I just know how to say hello, and that's all, you know. And so it was difficult for me. <laughs> Actually, not, not many people know I have an offer after my first year in Newcastle. Kevin Keegan didn't want me in the team. He wanted to sell me. And and I have an offer from Betis. But actually, economy-wise, I didn't get an agreement with Betis because, I'm going to be honest with you, I was happy to come back to Spain uh, because of my first year. It wasn't easy. Uh, We didn't get an agreement, and then I stayed. And to be honest, it was the best decision I did because then, obviously, the second year was a lot easier for me. Yeah, It was as well good that Kevin Keegan didn't want me because it was a challenge for myself as well to, to prove him wrong and to prove. But actually, they saw him a week after. I don't know why, if it was for me or for someone, I don't know. But, but, I don't know. I don't know. But they saw him after one week, you know. So you can see how much football changed after that after that that year was the year we relegated. I believe I didn't have a bad year personally in terms of games and everything, but I didn't have a good year either because obviously we relegate. And the championship was the year That, I that was out. amazing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was the yarda. I on. I have here the from few, you know, supporting clubs the player of the season. There, I have the. Yeah, team, all right, yeah. You know, so and and I loved it. I loved it my time. I love Newcastle, like I say. Like many people know that. Obviously, I support Liverpool a lot, you know, and I love Liverpool. But Newcastle will always be my heart, and it's a club that I will always be grateful to, always.
1: When we think about that championship season, my, my everlasting memory is, is yourself and Jonas Gutierrez on that left-hand side just bombing up and down and overlaps and getting balls into the box for Andy Carroll and Schola and stuff like that. That is my override memory of that season. And I know a lot of fans that I've spoke to have said that that season in the championship for yourself, for Jonas and also for Fabrizio Colettini was very much one of those seasons where it helped you find your feet. And it give you that confidence to, to, to play and kick on. Was, was that how it felt for you? Did it did it sort of
3: settle you at Newcastle that season? Yeah, definitely. Definitely was my season. As well, I have to tell you, people thought that it was easy that season for us because we don't uh, make it look easy, but it wasn't an easy season. No. Uh, actually, during the, the, the season, people don't know about this. Actually, you're going to be the first ones to know. I have an inlet in the in the middle of the season uh, that my, uh, you know, my blood cells, the white ones, they were really, really low. So I played with a lot of games with fever and and really, really, really bad state in one point. I need to have a lot of injections to get my defenses back and everything like that. That season, that was more at the end of the season. Um no, no one knew. About that. I remember playing the games and then come back in the bush shaking with fever, you know, like, like crazy. It was crazy. Yeah was crazy that not many people know about this but it's no excuse I did a good season anyway even with that yeah, yeah, so, no, yeah. no bad. and and like you said at the end was the season that I was really adapted to the place hmm. and really happy in that, you know and and even if I'm honest with you well we will go further obviously in the conversation in this but even then it wasn't easy for me to to leave Newcastle for Liverpool at the start even if I knew I was with all my respect to Newcastle, to a club that had more titles that's the reality, with with more trophies, you know. But even then, it was difficult for me to leave because I was very, very happy at the place, how the club treated me, how the fans, more, and more than anyone, the fans, how they treated me. I was really, really happy at Newcastle, really happy.
2: Just before we get on to that, Jose, can you just talk about that relationship with both... Uh, Gutierrez and Colocini. I mean, I know you're still close to them now and you still speak to them, but can you just tell us about what they're like? Because the three of you just seem to click so much, both on and off the field.
3: Yeah, it's like like the fans used to say, no? The three musketeers, they used to say, no? <laughs> Obviously, it was crazy as well, because actually we were all the time together, uh, 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 off the field as well, all the time together. Colocini was the one who cooked, don't get me wrong. No me, <laughs> Jonas, always Colocini, always. <laughs> You know, the asados, Argent- Argentinian, you know, food, Argentinian steak and everything like that. And, and it was crazy because obviously he used to play uh, as a left center back. Obviously I play as a left back and Jonas as, as a, as a um, obviously left winger. And I always used to say to Jonas, I say, I know Colocini is covering me. So the only thing you need to do is when I give you the ball, just wait for me to pass you, and then just give me yeah. the ball back. That's the only thing you have to do. You know he was laughing, <laughs> and he said, and then just cover my back. That's all. And then yeah. I will make you. I will make you look good. You know, you always, we always joke about this, me and Jonas. You know, but play with him on the wing was beautiful because we understand each other so good. You know, and 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 we knew he knew when to pass me the ball. He knew when to hold it. He knew when to help me to defend. And I loved it to play with Jonas on the left. He's a he's a he's a legend of the game in, in Newcastle. I know that people love him there and they have reasons to love him and, and I and I love to play with him there on the left wing. We we love to play together as well because we understand each other so much as well. We talk to each other whenever I need him to defend maybe a little bit more because the winger was a little bit more of a nightmare. He always helped me out more. So, like I say, it was amazing. And then obviously Colocini, I knew that he always covered my back because he knew I used to push forward a lot. So he need to cover me. I say, "Colo, <laughs> prepare because you're going to have to cover my, my position a lot. So, be, be ready for this game, you know. So, yeah, we understand each other a lot and, and it was a time that I enjoyed a lot. The championship, actually, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it, even if it maybe looks weird, you know, but it's the season that I enjoyed the most, even more than the Premier League the season after. Why? Because that passion from the fans, 42,000 people the time in the stadium, every single game in the championship, Away from home was between three and six thousand. Depen- depends how many tickets they allowed them. If they allowed them three thousand, it was three thousand. If it was four thousand, it was four thousand. Whatever they allowed them, they were there. And obviously, how we perform as a team, it was beautiful. And I enjoyed it so much. One was one of my favorite seasons as a player in general, not just as a Newcastle player, as a player in general.
1: As a fan as well, I think that was one of my favourite seasons as a fan. I was a lot, I was at a lot of those games, went to a lot of away games as well that season and it was different for us because we got to go to grounds where we wouldn't normally go. We'd been in the Premier League for so long and then suddenly you're off to Barnsley and you're off to uh, Blackpool and you're off to these different places that you'd never been to before. But as a fan, I really enjoyed that season in the, in the Championship and I loved watching you and Jonas uh, on that left-hand side. I thought that partnership, that combination was absolutely deadly at times. It was brilliant.
3: Yeah, I really, really enjoy it. Like you said, I really enjoy playing with him on the left. Uh, he has stayed and obviously he keeps doing so well for for Newcastle. But me and him, like like you, like it happens sometimes in clubs, you know, when you play with some players, you have a special connection. And me and Jonas, we have a special connection with Coluccini as well. Obviously, Coluccini was the one who take saying about what the shit, you know, because he has to defend our, <laughs> normally sometimes, <laughs> yeah. our left side, you know, but me and Jonas, we we used to just go and, and try to enjoy ourselves and try to to push as much as possible in that left side.
2: I mean, we touched upon a little, well, you touched upon a little bit before, Jose, just talking about sort of your exit from, from Newcastle and things like that. I mean, it was... It, it, it had sort of been building, hadn't it? Those last few months. Obviously, we mentioned Andy Carroll before he left in the January, and sort of things sort of came to a head. And you said it was a it was a difficult decision to leave Newcastle. Can you just talk a little bit about those last few months and what happened that summer as well, please?
3: Yeah, well, I'm gonna tell you that uh, again. You're gonna be the first ones to know this, so it's exclusive as well. So, but, uh, like this is good to know because like this, the fans know exactly what it happens. Okay, so. What happens is when we promote from the Premier League, I had two years left in my contract. Okay, so we promote. My brother is my, was my agent, and we went to the club, and we asked for, to obviously, for to renew what they are thinking to maybe renew my contract to give me more years to stay at the club, and they said no that I needed to prove myself in the Premier League. I said, well, I played in the Premier League the year before. I did well. Obviously, in the championship, I've been the player of the season of the team. And, and I believe it will be good for us, not just for for me, I believe for you guys as well, to sort out this problem. Because if I do a good season in the Premier League this year, maybe other clubs come. And then I will have to think about it, OK? So I have to be honest with you. The offer they give me a few months after, after as well, they didn't offer straight away. We, we wait until January. That already some clubs, they contact me uh, in January to obviously talking about the summer already. Uh, and Newcastle get in touch with me and they made me an offer that it was ridiculous to be honest because it was actually the same offer as I used to gain when I arrived and I said listen I'm a much better player than when I arrived yeah. so obviously it should be more he said but I believe we cannot get an agreement it's not going to be a problem of money I believe we're going to get an agreement if you want to so I asked them for, a, for the contract I believe I deserve it they say no to it, I said well, we just wait and see what happened. So we arrived to the summer and actually when Liverpool got in the table and they start to get interested, they actually give me the money I wanted. And six uh, years,
2: Newcastle came back with the money you wanted.
3: Yeah, the money I wanted and six years contract. And then I say, it's too late. You should have done this before. You knew I told you I was going to perform. Obviously, we were talking in September about the contract, but probably we could have sorted it in December, January or February. We could have sorted and I would have stayed, but you didn't want to, you wanted to wait until the summer. And I told you, if you wait until the summer, you have the danger that if I do well, maybe the other bigger clubs, they come here and ask for me, and it was the case, Liverpool came and asked for me, Liverpool need a left-back, yes or yes, because Favorelio was very unlucky for him in Jurita all the time, and they were playing even Daniel Aguilera as a left-back. And Liverpool came. And, and they give me the offer, Newcastle, that, that I wanted, six years contract. But I say, I'm sorry, but if you wanted me, you should have sold me that before. Uh, and now I have a team that is a massive team. They spend a lot of money on players. I believe the project is, is incredible. And it's a club that they have five Champions League, so I cannot say no to them. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Liverpool and that's why I left. So actually, I could have esteemed being a Newcastle player if actually they react quicker. But it didn't mean to be. I went to Liverpool and I was really happy there. So it meant to to happen. You know, but they tried at the end. Yeah, they did try at the end, but I believe they didn't try it enough when they should have tried to for me to stay. That's the reality. So it's something you see that you know that no, no one knew before.
2: No, really. well, that's, that's... I mean, that's that's great context. And I mean, as you said, that you, you weren't... Actually, looking to leave, and obviously you'd seen other players leave as well. Though, and I obviously there's there's the there's the there's the tweet which you knew I was going to bring up at some stage at, at the time, yeah. and sort yeah, of yeah. all 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 of your frustrations came through. But it's interesting to hear that that wasn't that that was a ma- sound of a, of a man frustrated because he'd actually wanted to stay. Well, it wasn't it wasn't a case of you were tweeting that and then leaving and actually you'd been trying to stay. That is interesting to hear.
3: If in February, January, February, March, then we have. Got the agreement because the money I was asking, because I know what the players were earning in the, in the team. So that's what you have to realize. And at the end, I wanted to be one of, not the highest, because I, I'm not a striker, so I don't have to be the highest. The highest is the striker. It's always like this. It's any team, you know. But obviously, I believe I was one of the most important players in the team in that moment. So I believe I deserved a good contract, at least to improve a little bit what I had before. And they say, it wasn't, I, I, I need to show more. So I say, we are in January, February, I'm having a good season. If you wait, it's up to you. And they say, no, we wait, we wait in the summer and see. And that's what happened. But actually, yeah, it's true that if they offer me the, the, the what they offer me at the end in February, March, I will probably sign in the contract. 100% I will have signed in the contract. Yeah. I
2: know, I know there's something Taylor wants to, to ask you about, about return to <laughs> St. James as well, which again, yeah. you probably knew about as well. So go on, Taylor.
0: Learn more at marines.com.
1: So Jose, we're going we're we're to look at one of your most famous moments at St. James's Park in a, in a minute or two. But just before we do that, I want to take you to another moment at St. James's Park when you're there as a Liverpool player.
3: Uh, well, <laughs> I already know by the <laughs> <in your face. laughs> um,
1: I was in the stadium that day, and I have to say it was, it was an incredible game of football, but towards the end of the game, Pepe Reina sent off for, uh, for for putting his head towards James Perch uh, and you pick up the goalkeeper gloves and put the shirt on and you going goal gonna, for the last... I'm going
3: gonna, I'm gonna to correct you there. I didn't pick up the gloves. It's fucking Kenny who made me <laughs> pick up the gloves. You know, I didn't I want was to. to. You, you were I told. Was, it was, I was told to pick up. I how am I going to pick up the gloves against no, exactly. my ex-team, ex-team? The first time I'm back at San Yesis Park, to be honest, it felt worth because it does, because it's a club that I, I, I used to play for and I love, you know? So it was very worth to play there as a, as a obviously a way player. And all that, you put me a goalkeeper. So, you know, and then as well, I remember I said I left because the team is not going to finish in top six and actually you were in the fifth position and yeah, we were in the right, seventh yeah. or something like that. So actually in that moment, I wasn't happy at all with the situation at all, you know? But, but, when you realize about it, I have the gloves. Look, I'm gonna show you. I have the gloves. Of You've course. got the gloves. Got yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, look. Yeah. Look.
1: Oh, amazing.
2: It's <laughs> <That is>
3: incredible. <laughs> I got the gloves from that game. Yeah, Pepe Reina gave me them. Oh, so, amazing. So, so would you be?
2: Had you been in goal before? Did you? Did you know? Never, play in goal?
3: never. And I'm so bad at it as well. It's like maybe you see, maybe they see something in training that you say, okay. Jose can be a goalkeeper, no? I'm so bad at diving as well on the floor and everything, <laughs> you know. So I don't understand when they choose me. You know, it's like I don't know, I don't know. Maybe I wasn't playing good, so they say, okay, Jose, better go in goal and do something else, you know. So, but actually, then when you think about it, I remember as a, an amazing, one of the best memories of my career. Really? Why? Because I remember it was the end of the game. I'm not remember if it was the last ten minutes or so, more or less. Yeah. It was, or yeah. yeah, something like that, and. All the stadium single, Jose Enrique, we are a top six,
1: like
3: that, yeah. for 10 minutes in a row was the only song in the stadium, you know? Yeah. And and at the same time, it, it makes me happy because it shows you as well that they, they love me, you know? They, they miss that, you know? That's why they sing it that because obviously they have, they are hurt a bit, you know, that I left, you know? So, yeah. like I say, it was at the moment, obviously, I wasn't happy to be a goalkeeper, but when you think properly about it and after, it's a, it's a very, very, very nice moment because you could see the love of the fans in a wrong way, obviously, because they were singing me, you know, that, that, but I loved it, you know, because it was actually 10 minutes non-stop singing that song to me, you know, non-stop. So it was good. Hey, and Newcastle fans obviously yourselves you have a good fan in that time I'm sorry about this so it's all good you know it's all good I
1: remember it very very well the noise in the stadium that day was incredible and it was a, it was a really good game and I I, I, I did actually I have to admit, I felt a bit sorry for you at the end there when they made you go in goal that and you could tell looking at you on the, on the don't porch. lie why are you
3: lying you didn't feel <laughs> no, so no, honestly, you enjoy, you enjoy it you enjoy it to be no, honest yeah,
1: I was, to be honest, honestly, I thought it was hilarious <laughs> <laughs> No, you can tell on the footage looking, you are not a comfortable man in that situation. You are not enjoying that at all. But yeah. it's great that that's become a good memory for you from being at a, a, a time when it was a difficult moment. And you've come through that and you can look back on that. And I love the fact you've still got the gloves as well. That is amazing. Yeah, that is absolutely yeah. wonderful. It's a
3: very, to be honest, it's a very nice memory. Now, obviously, like I say, in that moment, you are losing. You know, you're playing with your ex-teammates, or some of my ex-teammates against your ex-clubs, against your ex-fans as well. You know, that obviously, the the, the, the Newcastle fans. And you are, like, feeling worth because it's what it is. It happened. I remember when I played with Villarreal here against Valencia. That used to be my ex-team ex-teams as well. It felt worth as well. So, it, I believe it happens to a lot of players. At least the first few times. It happens to Luis Suárez when he played for Barça against Liverpool. Uh, so, it happens to a lot of players. And obviously, then... It happens that I went in goal that I don't believe it happens to anyone in their history that they go in goal against their ex team in their stadium when you are doing wonk. You know, I'm not sure if someone happens to them before. And but you
1: didn't concede a goal, so one goal, one appearance, one clean
3: sheet, best goalkeeper in the 100 best goalkeeper in the league. yeah, should have kept you in goal, exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> but to be honest, it's being serious now. I loved it. And at the same time, I loved it for because fans that they enjoy that moment because I know they were hurt when I left, you know, because obviously they didn't want to for me to leave. And they have that time that they will never forget. I know they will never forget that. <laughs> Taylor, you will never forget that. I'm sorry about never. that. And 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 it's nice, you know, that you made people happy as well. And I'm happy about it now as well. I, I Actually, I, now that I'm thinking about it, it's an experience that I will never forget you know because I, I, in a weird way I felt love in there as well you know in a weird way as well
1: Well listen before we finish up um, we're going to uh, relive your probably your most famous moment in a black and white shirt at St James's Park and um, we've got a little clip for you here so just have a listen to this here we go
2: Oh it's clever back here by Obis, and then Enrique Well,
1: it couldn't have gone to a more fitting player on this pitch tonight because I said what I think about him. I think he's the best player in the Championship, Jose Enrique. Attack him, defend him. The fella can do the lot, but never, ever in your wildest dream would you say a composed goal scorer. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's true that, it's true. I've I've never been a scorer. I have to it with that. <laughs> that
1: is absolutely amazing. What a moment. That must have felt incredible for you.
3: I still feel incredible when I seen it. You know, it is like, it, beautiful. You know, it's, it's at the end life is about memories. You know, at the end is something that you you when you grow is what you take. You know, because obviously daily basis is so many things that you don't remember, but things like that is, stay with you for life and yeah, and and it's and it's beautiful. You know, I remember. Like, I remember, you have to be honest with you. I shoot with my right foot, and I thought whatever the ball goes, it goes. When you <laughs> 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 because I say I'm shooting and try to score. You know, and then it was goal, and I go- I went crazy. To be honest, I nearly died that day when they jump pulling in my in top of me. <laughs> you know, I nearly died. And jo- and Jonas was a very bad person that day, and he started putting grass in my mouth while I was <laughs> on the floor. You know, and I say Jonas, I cannot breathe, and he thought I was joking. You know, and I say, Jonah, seriously, I can't breathe. I have fucking ten people in top of me. I can't breathe. You know, <laughs> like you know? Oh my he God. Was putting grass in my mouth. You know, he was taking the grass and putting it in my mouth. But obviously, it was such a beautiful moment. One of the best moments of my career. Not just as an Newcastle player, as a player, I loved it. My brother is so annoying with the with the video. He said. Uh, you know what the commentary guy say he 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 actually does quite well, my brother. You know, best player in the championship, you know, it's such <laughs> a at this, and he does that, my brother, to me, and I laugh, Fantastic. I cry because, because he does so well as well, my brother does so well the accent. So <laughs> so it's a it's a, it's a beautiful memory, very, very beautiful memory. And and obviously after I scored that the the fans they start singing my name so much as well. It make us that already finishing in the first position and promote, you know, the promote to the championship. So obviously, to be honest, I wasn't playing my best game. I I don't know why the commentary guy was saying that, but I was <laughs> maybe the other games you can say I was the best player, but in that game, it wasn't my best game, to be honest. But actually I scored the goal and 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 it was like I say, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful moment. I, I cannot one to ten is is a 10, 100 percent Is you cannot be more happy than that
2: in that moment in in terms of context as well Jose I mean you mentioned it there that that felt like almost the moment that really confirmed that you were certainly going to be champion certainly going to go up because it had been that long season you said it had been a hard season and Nottingham Forest had been the team who were trying to get it that top two hadn't they? and it just felt when you scored that goal it was the outpouring of emotion from everything is that what you felt there with those celebrations and as you say with the fans at that moment as well
3: yeah exactly it was like okay Finally, it's over. We got what we wanted to get, that is to promote to the Premier League. So, after a very, very disappointed year that the fans didn't deserve, because we have a team to not relegate, that's the reality. If you talk about the players that we had when we relegate, it's crazy that we relegate. And obviously, imagine how disappointed the fans are. And I always remember as well, that it's good to mention this as well, against Aston Villa, I remember like it was yesterday, it was an on-goal from Damian Duff. And, and and the fans, there were three thousand or four thousand fans. I don't remember how many away fans. And just needed a draw to stay in the Premier League, actually. Mm-hmm. And 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 how much the fans, they clap us and try to motivate us after the game when we lost. It was incredible. I went home and I say, I don't understand how they are not killing us right now here in the stadium, and they are they are doing the opposite. They are supporting us, you know. So that was one of the reasons as well I wanted to stay. It wasn't a because I remember obviously people asking me as well if in any point I was thinking leaving after the season at all. I, I have offered from Spain, to be honest, to go. And no chance I was going to leave the team in the championship that season. No chance. So obviously you didn't know if we were going to promote again. That's the reality because the championship is difficult. But I believe with, with Chris and the team that at the end stay because you remember in precision we were struggling. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then with the team that I stayed, I say this is the place that they really want to stay. I'm sure we want to promote with this team and, and with it. And it was one of the best beautifuls as a, as a player. It was, it was beautiful, obviously, perso- uh, as a team and personal-wise as well, because personal-wise, I enjoyed it a lot so much as well, the championship there.
1: Brilliant. Well, Jose, thank you so much for our day. We're going to wrap things up now. We've enjoyed it so much having you on today as well. It's been great fun. Thank you for, for reliving those memories with us. Some of them painful, some of them fantastic. Uh, it's been brilliant having you on and and good luck with the uh, with the Amplified uh, coaching and, and, and the new business venture and all that. And thank you for coming on and giving us your time. It's been great fun.
3: No, thanks to you guys. I really, really enjoyed it and I always love to talk about Newcastle as well and the memories there because they're beautiful as well. I enjoyed my time. There was four years, unforgettable years, you know, I loved it, I loved it to be there in the north, like I said, the only problem is the weather a bit, you know, but <laughs> yeah, nothing yeah. you can do about that, you know, the, the city is beautiful, the fans are very close, you know, the people is so respectful, so I loved it, I loved it, so I'm always happy to talk about Newcastle, always.
2: Well, hopefully when the world goes back to being a bit normal, hopefully you can come back to Newcastle and then you can see some of those fans again as well, because I know they'd absolutely love to see you. Yeah, yeah
3: definitely. To, to be honest, I want to go back to saint Jensen's Park, you know, one day and after with all this COVID situation goes and, and, and what's again there again, definitely.
1: Or me and Chris could come and stay with you in Spain for a couple of weeks. Does that sound okay?
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah and definitely. You have enough room as well here, so don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we
1: need a change from this. Too cold. We need to come over and stay with Jose Enrique for a couple.
3: The problem weeks. is how I get rid of you two after. That's the problem. <laughs> you don't.
1: <laughs> Jose, thanks so much. It's been great. It's been great fun having you on. And uh, good luck with everything. And I hope hope, hope the uh, the new business venture goes well. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. Thank you
3: very much. Thanks to you too. Bye bye
0: how's the bacon did you say
1: so there you go a wonderful wonderful uh, interview with Jose Enrique and get yourselves on Amplified coaching as well and check that out that's a fantastic idea that he's uh, that he's uh, pushing out there at the minute and of course uh, thank you all for listening George, Chris thanks a lot for your time again chaps
4: enjoyed it thank you what a great fella he
2: is he's superb isn't he he was superb and George enjoyed it even more because he didn't have to do the quiz this week
1: Yes of course the quiz and all of the other uh, battles and <laughs> problems that come with that will be back
4: next week. Hi but I'm 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 doing the questions next week. Do you want to do you want to have a taster? Here's a taster, right? In 1996 Newcastle United came close to winning the Premier League title very famously. What is the square root of 1996? <laughs> and that's that is a taster of what you're going to get next week you pair of oh, bastards. Oh god George
1: I mean you are in full on revenge mode now aren't you? Full on revenge mode. Oh yeah, it's all about uh, it'll that. be good fun. It'll be great crack. Well listen, thank you very much everybody for joining us again on Pod on the Time. Uh, and make sure that you hit subscribe uh, so that you don't miss a show. Feel free to leave us a review and a rating as well and we'll see you next week on Pod on the Time. Cheers. Bye.
2: The Athletic.